Shalom, friends. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Jake Rubin. Welcome to MSU Hillel's The Weekly Kvetch. This podcast features news, interviews, and a whole lot of kvetching. So I'm excited for you to join me and my trusty producers, Sophie and Nate, as we dive deep into all things Jewish. Hello, and welcome back to another week of the Weekly Kvetch. I remain your host, Jake Rubin, and alongside my producers, Sophie, Nate, and MSU Hillel, we are super excited to bring you another fun-filled, awesome episode. Uh, Today, we have a really cool guest. Uh, We have Amy Kreitzer, who is the uh, who is behind the very popular Instagram account, What You Want to Eat, and the Modern Tribe Jew. Thank you for coming, Amy. Thanks for having me. Of course, it's a pleasure. Yes. All right, and now we're going to move on to our next segment. Let's give them something to kvetch about. So we here at the Weekly Kvetch want to remind you that not all kvetching is bad kvetching. Sometimes we have some good news pop up. Uh, recently, we learned that uh, Dakota bread was bought by the Friendship Circle. Uh, and so that's really good because it was it, they just needed an extra boost. And I think it'll be really good to, you know, for employment to get some new people working there. And I think it'll kind of breathe new life into Dakota bread. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so for those of you who don't know or who are listening, so Dakota Bread, the best challah in the metro Detroit area and the French Circle, which is a global organization, um, serves people with developmental disabilities or physical limitations. So the exciting thing is now there's like an infusion or a connection of amazing challah and uh, giving people with with, with, uh, developmental disabilities the chance to have uh, a hand in making the challah and selling it and keeping up operations in the store. Um, so it's definitely a positive kvetch. It's amazing. Great opportunity it for sure. Be, yeah. Cause I would be disappointed if there was no more, no more Dakota challah. Cause that's the only thing that gets me through just life. You know, <laughs> I, that's uh, my favorite, it's so good. It's so good. Like I, I've, I haven't been able to find like a place that like makes me feel that good inside hollow wise. It's kind of fun too, right? Like Dakota bread was in need of, uh, support because their owners mm-hmm. were getting ready to retire and they wanted to sell. And so like quite literally like a, like a superhero, like friendship circle woman swooped in with like a purple cape flying in the wind, you know, with, with uh, hearts in their eyes, like ready for it. Uh-huh. Uh, and like, we're able to swoop in and help. So that is awesome. And it also is really great because I even like this whole episode, right. Is food themed. I don't know how to make challah. I would rather just buy it from Dakota. So now I exactly. still think. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it is nice that the owners that they wanted to just go out retire and just, you know, and I think, I think it's nice because, you know, a, Dakota bread, Dakota itself means a lot to a lot of people. I know a lot of Jews. Uh, and so I think that it would just be a real shame if it just would have just been sold. Yeah, if it just disappeared, because that's like a piece of our history right there, you know? Uh, as, you know, food, Jewish food is a part of our culture, part of our history. And we're always constantly, uh, it's, I don't want to say we're revolving around food, but like, it, it brings us together, all our major holidays, you know, we survived, let's eat, you know, so we need to eat, we need the food. 
Exactly. True, true, true. So mm -hmm. I guess so, Sophie. If you could propose a new flavor of challah to the new, the newly uh, revised Ooh. and refreshed Dakota, what would you propose? That's a good question, Nate. Um, hmm. That's like, I don't know. Their challah is already so good. Like, it's my favorite challah. Like, I won't eat any other challah. Um, but they already have like a cinnamon sugar type of thing. Mm -hmm. That's like the only thing that's coming to my mind. I don't know. Maybe something like, I don't know why I'm thinking Oreo, but like, like an Oreo, like cream challah. Sounds amazing. I don't know. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> Jake, what about you? What would you Yeah, I, I was thinking also kind of lean into the dessert challah. Maybe like a, a strawberry shortcake challah or like a, uh, just something where it's like, oh yeah, you know, just like, oh, we have all the best parts. Maybe, I don't know, like an apple pie challah or just like, <laughs> don't get me started. I'm a, I'm good in with the ideas, but not in the execution. Uh, what about you, Nate? Do you have any? Um, yeah, I'll propose a savory option to balance out our sweet tooth. So nice. two things that I've been thinking a lot about is um, uh, pesto challah. So like the middle braid. Oh my God, it, that sounds amazing. It, it should be unreal. Um, and then a close cousin would be cheese pizza challah. So sauce and cheese in the Ooh. in the rolls, and then you roll that, or you then you braid it, and then you bake it, and then like there you go. It's like a calzone, but like softer. Exactly, uh, yeah, more uh, relevant. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I just thought of another relevant. one. What if yeah. it was like like a smoked salmon lox type of challah? And then you could like cut a piece and then put cream cheese on cream top. cheese and everything but the bagel seasoning. It's all in one. Yeah exactly that's genius right there but a very important disclaimer is that the weekly kvetch is not anti-bagel we are very pro-bagel and we are not proposing this idea to replace bagels we are in fact trying to innovate in the mm -hmm. world of breakfast brunch and lunch food yes oh. bagels will always remain the heart of the weekly kvetch so yes so send us bagels preferably Good. from like new york or something yes uh, please like ship them <laughs> yep all the way here we're not gonna pay for shipping <laughs> amazing well cool there we go we i think we have some really good okay. ideas for the newly uh newly refreshed dakota mm -hmm. bread i think so in friendship circle of michigan if you're hearing this send challah yes send challah maybe try one of our challahs. weekly Fetch loves the friendship circle there you go there you go uh, before we get started, we do have a word from our sponsors. So uh, take it away, sponsors. The Weekly Kvetch is sponsored by MSU Hillel, the place to be for more than 3,500 Jewish students at MSU. The Weekly Kvetch is also sponsored by your local deli, because where else would you go to get Jewish food? Awesome. Thank you, sponsors. Very good. Very good. All right. Amy, so uh, for the for the listeners who might not know about who you are and what your account is about, why don't you just give us a little quick synopsis or sure. as long as um, you or... Yeah, my Instagram is what do you want to eat? So it's you know, ah. kind of fun and you know quirky off the bat. And I started it as a blog actually almost ten years ago wow. when I was living in Texas. I know before Instagram existed, I started this blog. Oh. <laughs> um, so I still have the blog. It's mm -hmm. um, where I post new recipes. Uh, I used to post every week, and lately it's been every few weeks, but there's there's hundreds of recipes on there. 
Um, then I have the Instagram account and I'd love to just show, you know, a way to be proud of your Jewish culture through food. So I'm always showing new recipes or when I try Jewish food in restaurants and I just share like my Jewish inspired Halloween costumes. I just try to make it fun. And however you resonate with being Jewish is good and is perfect. And you can just do it your way. And I try to do it my way and it's, and it works. Yeah, I like that. I think definitely being Jewish, uh, our culture definitely revolves around food. Uh, you know, we're always eating and, you know, there is like a, a little bit of a stigma against like, you know, specifically Ashkenazi Jews and unsalted food. And I don't know how I feel about that, but I, uh, I do like my food. Uh, so, uh, so you make lots of food then. Uh, do you have like a specific dish that is like your, your most favorite? thing to make or to eat or out of the many, many things that you've made? I mean, it's hard to pick. You mentioned Ashkenazi food. So when I started my blog, mm -hmm. you know, it was, I wanted to start a blog just for a fun hobby. And my brother suggested Jewish food. Um, Cause you know, I lived, lived in, living in Texas, there weren't a lot of Jews and they weren't mm -hmm. familiar with things like Kugel. So I started by asking my grandma for all her recipes. She sent me all her, her brisket and her kichel and all, all that Ashkenazi good food. So that was the recipes I started with. And then the more I continued with the blog, I was getting requests for more Sephardic and Mizrahi recipes. Mm -hmm. So I became known for kind of combining, you know, like you said, Ashkenazi food can be a little bland at times. And oh. <laughs> I, like, I like to think if my Polish ancestors had access to spices and avocados, they would have used that. So I like to try to take, you know, living in, in Puerto Rico now, we've got some amazing local flavors and spices living in Texas. I'd add chilies to my matzo ball soup. So I try to take all the different flavors from different regions and different types of Jewish cuisine and make a, a new delicious Jewish food for modern times. Um, but to answer your question, probably yeah. what I was most known for is my brisket. Mm. I started, we would host thanks, like Thanksgiving, um, Friendsgivings, I guess, back in Texas. A lot of my friends yeah. would go home and Texas is known for their smoked brisket, but I would do my braised brisket and uh -huh. even my, my Texas friends were convinced that this was like a legitimate way to serve brisket. Um, probably my most popular way. I don't know if you guys are, are 21, but I would braise it in whiskey. So don't don't do that if you're not of age. <laughs> you could do there's coffee in there. We're <laughs> all of age here. Like wait a second, I should have asked. But that yeah, that's <laughs> that's probably my, my most popular brisket. But I have like 10 or 15 different brisket recipes on my blog, and I, I love cooking it because it starts off this tough cut of meat, and then you let slow cook it, and it becomes this mm -hmm. tender, delicious amazing food a few hours later and you can you know back when we used to hang out with people it's the perfect food to hang to serve to a crowd you know you can make it mm -hmm. hours later invite 20 of your friends over and everyone gets brisket so it's, it's i think it's it's a perfect food unless you're vegan then don't not good food. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i was gonna ask so uh you said people have been sending in recipes so are is it like a combination of like recipes that you've inherited and like new recipes or how do you like find your recipes and like where do you get inspiration and just make new foods from? Yeah, so more they've been sending in ideas. Like a lot of people mm -hmm. email, they're like, oh, my, my grandma used to make this soup and it had like this in it. And, you know, I tried yeah. to research it a little bit and put my own twist on it. Initially, I used my, my grandma, my bubby would send me all her um, index cards with chicken scratch, you know, with yeah. it would say like brisket season, cook, the end. I'm like, oh, what does that mean? So <laughs> uh, after my blog started to get popular, I quit my job and went to culinary school. So that wow. was in 2011. So that was, I learned, um, you know, more skills on how to develop recipes 
and how to understand why recipes work. So not just like, all right, brisket, we know we're supposed to braise it, but like, why? Why is that this is the meat we braise? So learning those kinds of skills really helped me uh, take Jewish recipes that I grew up with and then ideas that I've learned along the way and develop new recipes too. Um, I get inspiration, I like just from eating at restaurants, from reading magazines and other cookbooks and looking at other blogs. You know, I'll see, you know, I'll just see like a recipe for a matcha cookie. And I'm like, oh, I wonder how a matcha apollo would be, you know, just like things like that or yeah. like combinations that I see out, out in the wild. And I've lived a lot of different places. I lived in Georgia and New York and Texas and California and now Puerto Rico. So I love Ooh. to take local flavors too. So I've in Puerto Rico, they have a mafungo, which is a mashed plantain, usually with uh, chicharrones, which are pork rinds. So mm -hmm. I was like, all right, how can I make a, like a more like kosher version of that? So yeah. I did some pastrami mashed in there and it came out really good actually. And then I, I stuffed that into some knishes too, uh, some of the leftovers. So I love to try to take some local flavors and things that I'm eating outside of Jewish recipes and make Jewish recipes with those ingredients and flavor combinations. Of course. And so uh, you're in Puerto Rico now, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, how, how has your experience been as uh, being Jewish in Puerto Rico and the food and, you know, just. Yeah, we moved here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I moved here from San Francisco two years ago um, for wow. my now husband's job. So you know, he said, mm -hmm. We'd only been dating like six months. He said, how do you feel about moving to Puerto Rico with me? And I was like, yes, adventure, let's do it. So it worked out, we got married, so it was success. Oh, good, mazel <laughs> yeah, yeah, Thank you, thank you. Um, so, you know, I, I don't personally keep kosher, but definitely the food here is like pork centric. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of pork. Um, and there's, I wouldn't say there's a, a large variety of kosher restaurants or Jewish restaurants. There are a few bagel places. Uh, one place they make their own bagels. Uh, it's Puerto Rico bagel. And then one place on the other side of the island, they ship in their bagels weekly from New York, which I, I respect in there. And they're delicious too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been great. There's actually, I live a few blocks from a synagogue, which was kind of a surprise. We were just walking by and we're like, oh, that's a, that's a huge, beautiful synagogue in the street corner. So there, there are Jews here, like there are everywhere. And there, there's a Chabad, of course. Right. Oh, <laughs> um, of course. So we've, yeah, we've, we've met some, some other Jews here too, but I like to... Um, in addition to our Friendsgiving, I'd usually host a Seder, which I started doing that in college when I wouldn't always go home for Passover. And that grew to like a huge event. I think my largest one in college, we had 40 people and I wow. wrote my own Haggadah and they made it kind of funny and maybe a little wrong, but it was, everyone was entertained. And um, so I started doing that and actually it became just a really fun tradition and not everyone who came was Jewish. So when we moved here, it was like, let's, let's host a Seder. So we had friends over that we had met here, some Jews, some not, some people was their first Seder. So it's been fun to kind of introduce some of our traditions to some people who have never experienced them before as well. Yeah, that's really nice. So, uh, so you know, your journey, you, you started the blog and then you went to the Instagram. Did you have any idea it would get as popular as, as it has? Or is it just like, it was just something you're doing for fun and just like the popularity came with it or? Yeah, I mean, initially like, started off just for fun. Um, I was bored at my, my job, but I moved to Texas and it was, mm -hmm. it was not as creative as my past job had been. So I said, you know, I was into reading blogs and I said, I'll just start this blog. Oh. But I, in, a, in the first few months of doing it, I just, my, my mom commented on all the posts and she used a lot of Yiddish, even though she doesn't speak Aww. like that. Yeah, it's very cute. So I know, I knew she yeah. was reading it. Um, but then I started to get emails from like real people that I didn't know. And 
you know, some some girl had written in that said her her mother was Jewish, but she had died when this girl was younger and her dad was not Jewish. So she was kind of exploring her Jewish identity now through recipes. And she had made a lot of my recipes and sent me pictures. And I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. Like, so that's when I realized this is like, I didn't know it was gonna be a big thing, but I said, this is gonna be like an important thing. You know, I'm affecting mm-hmm. people there. Initially when I started, I wasn't even considering why I was doing it. Like to me, being Jewish was always food. It was always synonymous. Like we'd have bagels on Sundays and, you know, always a huge Rosh Hashanah meal and Passover Seder. And even though we didn't go to synagogue every week or keep kosher, you know, we, this was our way of keeping, of being Jewish and celebrating our, our religion. So it took me a little while to realize, oh, this is why this is culturally important and why people can relate to it. So it, um, there wasn't like an overnight success or nothing, you know, it mm-hmm. went viral or anything, you know, and I got featured on a few cool websites early on, which helped grow my following. But even when I first started on Instagram, I was like, this is a fad, you know, I guess like my <laughs> friends in culinary school who are who are like all like 18, they're like, oh, you should, you should join Instagram. It's like the new thing. And I was like, all right, I guess. Like, so if, I, if you scroll down, I mean, don't do it. There's so many posts, but my early posts <laughs> were like me and my friends and like, like Aww. things with like filters with like, you know, to me, my friends like in a bad photo, like out, you know, you know, so it's more like <laughs> filter, like a really ugly filter. One of the, the ones they had initially um, was like the, the border, you know, it looks like it makes it look like film of like mm-hmm. something I made in culinary school. So it was definitely not, you know, it wasn't, post- I wasn't posting for the followers, <laughs> but oh, um, yeah, it's been great. And I came out with my cookbook four years ago now. And that was the same time my brother and I bought, um, you mentioned my other account, Modern Tribe, which is a mm-hmm. online Jewish gift store. So we do have to kind of try to have like cool, cool Jewish gifts that go with the modern recipes. So I've been doing that for four years now too. So it's, now it's, my whole life is Jewish stuff. So it's great. <laughs> that is really good. And then, so like my, my final question, I think is, uh, so I know that uh, making the food is one thing, but I think like there's like a whole nother part that people don't really talk about, especially on Instagram. And that's like the photography aspect. Mm-hmm. So like, do does a lot go into like making sure the food is like prepared correctly to like look at the camera or like how much like editing do you have to, is it a long yeah, process? That, that's a good question, especially like a lot of Jewish foods brown and like, mm-hmm. I like colors. So I'm like, all right, how can I make this like colorful? You know, sometimes that's just like serving it on a colorful plate or adding some cilantro or some pomegranate arrows or, you know, something that works with the recipe, but also, add some color as well. So usually when I'm testing a new recipe, I'll make it, you know, usually I'll write out what I think is gonna work. And then I'll make it following my own recipe, tweaking along the way. And then I'll usually make it again and then I'll photograph it that time. But I'm always thinking about, you know, how am I gonna photograph this? Is it, am I gonna put it on a colored plate or a white plate or, you know, a fun background? So that's, that's a good question. There's a lot more even recipe development and Instagram, you know, there's connecting with other followers and there's commenting. There's like so much you can really do if you want to build your account, um, which I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I comment on posts that I want to comment. It's not strategic. Yeah. <laughs> so there's hashtags, there's so much stuff you can think about. So, um, but to me, it's, you know, if I'm connecting with people and posting beautiful looking food, then that's, that's all that matters. That is all that matters. Well, that's <laughs> really cool. Uh, thank you for sharing a little bit of your journey. It's been- Oh, my pleasure. It's been, it's, yeah, it's been just, yeah, it's been really cool. I, I definitely went through some of your posts and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm no chef by any means. So I was very, very impressed with how oh, I loved it. I, well, you, you yeah, don't have to be a chef to enjoy eating food. So that's, that's yeah. important. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, Chef Gusto and uh, Ratatouille. Yeah. Like, every, anyone can cook. So it's just like. <laughs> I, I do believe like that. You... I believe anyone can cook. I've, I've taught some cooking yeah. classes where people had oh, never cooked yeah? life before. So there is hope for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood let's hope so i can make yeah something. I only, only one person cut themselves it was fine <laughs> <laughs> only one <laughs> i call that a victory right there you know? <laughs> it's time for 20 second torah hi this is rabbi jenna stein Turo, and this is 20 second torah this week's parsha is noah or noah in english it tells the well-known story of noah and his ark as god floods the world the Ark is built with something called a tzohar, which can be translated as window, light, or gemstone. It's unclear what it is, but we know it's a light source. So when you find yourself, like Noah, stuck in a dark place surrounded by a flood, you can find a tzohar, a light source, to help you through the dark time. All right, and now we're going to move on to my personal favorite part of the show. Uh, Jake rants about something. So uh, in this week, in this episode based around food, what am I going to rant about? Oh, I don't know, maybe uh, cooking. Welcome to the year 2020. Jake is living in an apartment. He is living on his own for the first time in a hot minute. But now that I'm on my own, I'm expected to be able to cook. Here's the thing though, I can't cook. You know what I've been eating for lunch? What have you been eating for lunch? I have been eating mac and cheese. Oh, that seems normal. But here's the thing, I haven't been buying milk or butter. It's just pasta and the cheese sprinkle sauce it's disgusting but i i mix it up and then i plop that into a bowl and i squirt sriracha ketchup in it and i mix it up and then it turns like red orange and that's me cooking you know how hard it is to cook i i went to the store like a couple weeks ago i bought an onion right like the onion is the easiest thing to like cut i cut the onion and i kept cutting and cutting and cutting and the next thing i knew i like it was like in like pieces now i know that there's like a way like you turn it and you go but it's so hard. You know, Gordon Ramsay goes on TV. He, he just cuts up an onion and he throws it in. You're like, oh my God, Gordon Ramsay. Like, what, what the heck are you doing? Like, but he's just in a mind of his own because he's like a master at work cutting up onions and things. And I try to make potatoes too, right? So I put the potatoes in the pan and then I like was doing the little pan movement thing. And I flipped up the potatoes and I felt like a real chef. I took a bite and it was hard. The potatoes didn't cook at all. And I was cooking them for like 20 minutes. How long are you supposed to cook potatoes for? I don't know. I mean, I could look it up, but I don't want it. I don't want to look that up. This seems like so much work, you know? And I live by Grand River. There's hundreds of restaurants I could just walk to and I could spend $10, you know, at no tie and get myself some good uh, fried rice instead of, uh, you know, trying to attempt to make my own. It's so frustrating and I'm not good at it. So that's why I stick to my gross little mac and cheese creation. And sometimes if I'm feeling crazy, I'll put a hot dog in it. I'll chop up a little hot dog and I'll throw it in there. And it, it looks disgusting, but it's so good. And so, I, you know, anyone can cook, right? So like, that means I should be able to cook, but uh, I don't know who's going to tell me, you know, I'm, I've been, I've been operating this way for so long. I just stick with my frozen foods because I know that'll, that'll work. Assuming they actually cook in time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, you gotta hop on Pinterest and uh, look up some recipes or go on Tasty or something. They have easy oh, recipes. Yeah. I <laughs> I see those Tasty videos all the time. You know, like the the really really weird creations, like that one that was like a barbecue chicken pizza thing that was like in a quesadilla in a pizza in a thing, and it was just like it was like a just an 
um, in a mal like a terrible, horrifying amalgamation of a of a cuisine. And like people were like, "This is so good," and I'm like, "What?" So I, I had a bunch of like cooking apps on my phone, like with recipes and things. But that means I have to go buy things. I have like like so many packages of fried chicken in my freezer. I could be good for like a zombie apocalypse. I swear. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that was my little rant about cooking and eating. It's uh, frustrating. And I'll tell you, uh, somebody should teach me how to cook. <laughs> that would be nice. So I could go out in the world and do things. But right now I'm sitting making my mac and cheese. All right. Well, awesome. So uh, another part of our podcast, uh, something we like to do to kind of like wrap up and tie everything together is we like to do a Nate's favorite part. It's Nate's favorite part of the podcast. Fun fact, in case you didn't know, uh, viewers or anybody, but it is a Lachaim of the week. So what we do is we'll, uh, we'll all go around and we'll say something that we're looking forward to. And then we'll Lachaim. I always have a water bottle near me so I can physically Lachaim, but you can like conjure up uh, a drink, a fake one or any. Perfect. Look at that. So, uh, and so, yeah, so uh, my time of the week, something I'm looking forward to is that it is, it's still Halloween season. And now it's getting to that part where I get to go to uh, Spirit Halloween and I can go and I can pick out all the little bats and all the little pumpkins and I can really decorate my room. And I'm so excited. And I have like a plan set out this week and I'm going out to Spirit Halloween. I'm gonna go decorate my, and my room's gonna be decked out in Halloween gear. Uh, Sophie, do you have a Lachaim of the week? Yeah, so I'm in this film photography uh -huh. class where we uh, take four by five film photos and like expose them. And I just got the hang of it. So I'm really proud of myself for that, that I was able to finally figure it out. Well, that's exciting. What about you, Nate? Um, you know what? I'm going to dedicate my L'Chaim this week to all of those people who have voted early in the 2020 election. Um, not only do I believe that voting early is like effective, efficient, and very much a part of our like civic duty as American citizens, but also it gives you the chance to uh, basically it gives you the chance to kvetch with your loved ones who have not yet voted and to be able to push them to vote. So um I'm, don't, I'm dedicating my L'chaim to those who have voted early, and I can say that now because I dropped off my ballot Ooh. in a box last night. Yes, good for you. Amen. Amy, do you, do you have a L'chaim of the week? Sure. I, lo I love all of yours. Those are all good ones. Um, I have started developing recipes for Hanukkah, so oh. I get to eat latkes all this week. That is my, yeah, that is so my, does that count? Yeah, yeah, of course that counts. We, we can't vote in Puerto Rico, so you'll, you'll have to all vote for me. <laughs> yes, I voted. I did it. Yeah. I didn't get a sticker, though, so I was disappointed, the stickers, but I did Exactly. Vote. <laughs> oh, yeah, the sticker is one of the best parts. It's the whole reason. <laughs> it's the whole reason why we vote. <laughs> like the top five good parts. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, do you want to drop your, your social medias or ways people can find you? Uh, for so sure, people yeah, can my follow you? Instagram is what do you want to eat? That's huh. W-H-A-T-J-E-W-W-A-N-N-A-E.com or on Instagram. It was, it was a name we picked when I didn't know people would be following me either. So it's, it is, it's fun. Um, and then my store is moderntribe.com um, where you can find cool Jewish gifts. And you can always email me, amy at whatyouwantoeat.com if you have any cooking questions or just want to say hi or want to discuss the bachelorette or did you watch 
No, I well, I want to watch it on commercial. Okay. So <laughs> I haven't like recorded on Hulu or whatever. So yeah, tonight, tonight I will watch. <laughs> then we can just play. All right. Well, awesome. Well, thank you uh, again for tuning in, everybody. Thank you again for Amy for popping by and uh, letting us pick your brain a little bit about uh, Jewish food and what makes us uh, what yeah, makes us happy as a, as a tribe. Of course. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Have a good week. And that's our show. Thanks for kvetching with us this week. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and call a friend to tell them you love them. The Weekly Kvetch is hosted by me, Jake Rubin, and our executive producers are Sophie Dwaskin and Nate Strauss. This podcast is a production of MSU Hillel. Yalla bye, my friends.